Hello and welcome to a brand new episode and a brand new season of the Totally Indian Football Show. I'm your host Siju and today we have a new voice. He is the director of football, vice president strategy at FC Goa, Mr. Ravi Puskar. I hope you enjoy this conversation and also don't forget to follow and subscribe to our show on all the leading audio platforms. Uh Mr. Ravi Puskar, thank you so much and a warm welcome to you on the Totally Indian Football Show. Thanks Siju. My pleasure to be on the show. Uh well let's kick start with things i think uh, before i ask you about the durun cup journey let me just ask you that you've also got a new role now that's the vice president strategy can you tell us something about it um yeah it's just more work basically <laughs> uh, to put it simply but um no um jokes aside uh, it's just effectively trying to have more of a hands on approach towards the different aspects within the organization now uh we do want to grow beyond just being uh, a football club as well we are looking at trying to you know ensure that the club's brand etc is being um leveraged better and being uh, placed further across the country and across the globe where possible um so part of that is also me taking on more responsibilities and that's where i'll be devoting certain amount of my time as well towards ensuring that you know we're able to succeed in our efforts of making the club a bigger and better brand than what it already is Now talk now talking about responsibilities you also played a very key role in helping Goa lift the Duran Cup trophy you know well there were doubts that you know if Goa would want to continue playing in the tournament or rightly so because the reasons being the waterlog issues and not a great condition to play with uh, you guys also went through a very bad injury among one of your players uh, but then it all went well in the end and you guys were actually crowned champions so ravi if you can take us through the ups and downs of the duran cup the 130th edition with a trophy that you have uh, in your you know back in your cabinet sure Um so I mean let me just start off by going back a couple of months when we first got the invite uh, you know it was an opportunity for us to signal our intention towards how we're going to approach this tournament and we were very clear in our thinking uh, not just myself but our head coach Juan and also the entire ownership of the club that this is a tournament that we want to take seriously where we want to compete to win uh, and nothing less than that sure it comes at a phase when we're in pre-season and perhaps players might not be at their physical best we, we did still feel like this was a tournament where we wanted to win it and we didn't want to pass that opportunity up uh we have played in this tournament once before and we saw the level of the competition and we felt that um to try and win this tournament we needed to take our strongest possible team uh and given that it would also be in a phase where we were able to condition our players in a competitive environment it served two different purposes help us prepare effectively for the ISL but also at the same time try and add some silverware to the cabinet so that was our thinking when we went into the pre-season um obviously there were um certain things that we cannot account for like the weather etc and so forth which played a little bit of havoc in calcutta in terms of the training conditions or whether it be the match conditions and so forth but as a team this season we've tried to place a real emphasis on you know basically putting all the excuses aside and try and build a champion mentality um thankfully we've got some leaders that are growing within the team now uh players basically took up the mantle of saying you know we're going to put all of this aside and basically focus on the games and try and get the results no matter what conditions we play in whether they are favorable or unfavorable to us or the opposition right and yeah that was it really um at the beginning obviously you know we got off to a bit of a slow start i personally felt um in the group stages uh, before we picked up steam in the third game against jamshedpur when we really sort of you know delivered our full attacking potential uh and then obviously the quarter final was played in a little bit of tough circumstances but once again the character of the team came through where despite uh, me asking the team to play the game at 9:45 in the morning and them having to play at 2 o'clock under the baking sun 
on not the most ideal pitch. Uh, they still went out and delivered a first-class performance and a very professional approach to the game. And, you know, we were comfortable uh, winners there. Um, semi-final, of course, was a good challenge for us because the Bengaluru FC boys came in motivated. Um, you know, there was a target on our backs because that was the card that everybody wanted to pick up of uh, being the team that defeated FC Goa. Um, but again, you know, we came up trumps in the penalty shootout where the younger players particularly held their nerve and, um, you know, they showed real bottle to bury their penalties the way that they did. Um, and obviously, the final again as well was a great experience for the team to be able to play in front of 45,000 strong crowd, um, albeit partisan towards um, Mohammed and Sporting. But again, it was a good experience because we had about maybe five or six players in the starting 11 who had never played in front of such a big crowd. So for us, that was a huge win that these players got to experience that kind of an atmosphere. Uh, and it was not just them, you know, even our foreign players as well, the likes of Ivan, Alberto, Jorge, uh, Dylan, who was also present in the vicinity, uh, Juan and his backroom staff as well, they've never experienced uh, Indian audiences before. So for them, it was a refreshing change of atmosphere to play a game of football on the Indian, on the Indian soil, where they actually saw the passion of the fans. And, you know, it'll stand us in good stead because... If we can handle that sort of pressure, I'm pretty sure we can do the same in ISL by once again we'll be playing with empty stands. So, importantly, it was about learning how to handle pressure and just ensuring that despite all the obstacles that are there in front of you, you overcome and cross the finishing line, which I must admit has been a problem for us if you look at us in terms of results across the past six, seven years of our history. Yeah, and well, I mean, talking about, you mentioned about the BFC game, right? And that's what I think was the most talked about game. It went down to the penalties and uh, BFC squad was something that we all look forward to in terms of they were all uh, 11 Indian young boys who took the bantle up. And uh, if you can tell us through a bit more about that match, because here is FC Goa who has a, uh, you know, first team fielded out there playing against some young boys and both the sides there are, uh, quite a number of good players and it's just wetting it out to get uh, past the finishing line but this goes on to the extra time and the penalty shootdown so take us through what happened in the dressing room uh, what was Juan talking to the boys and how did you guys go ahead with that yeah um, I can't really tell you what happened in the dressing room because I was not present um, I was sitting in the stands with uh, a couple of our foreign boys uh, Jorge and Dylan uh, and the rest of the non-playing squad but I mean, to be honest, it was a little bit of an uncomfortable viewing for us, quite simply because we didn't want to take it to a situation where we went to the penalties. I believe we started the game a little bit on the slower side, um, obviously conceded a very um, cheap goal in the very first minute, which put us on the back foot. But I thought we responded quite well and quite strongly. Um, Neville again came up with the goods um, just by simply thinking quickly on his feet and delivered a cross for Devendra to finish, who I must say was one of the revelations of the tournament in terms of the progression that he's made from being a bit part player into somebody that we can rely upon to constantly deliver goals for us. Um, and in the second half as well, again, I don't think we were our fluent best. Credit has to go to BFC for that as well. They did not make it easy for us. I thought their midfielders and their forward line did a significant amount of, uh, of the hard yards to ensure that, you know, playing out from the back was not comfortable for us. And I think that's a testament to their coaching staff and the entire club as well as to how they approached their youth development and philosophy because they played effectively the sort of brand of football that I've seen their first team playing uh, ever since Marco's come in as head coach. So, big testament to uh, Musa Bhai and his entire backroom staff as well as the club for, you know, bringing the quality of those qual qual kind of players and developing them into the talents that they are now. And I'm pretty sure it'll stand them in good stead in the ISL and I wouldn't be surprised if at least about eight to nine players of the ones who basically started out in the game against us are a part of the ISL squad and have significant roles to play this season for them. Uh, and just going back to the game again, you know, to then 
score a goal just about with I think 13-14 minutes remaining on the clock we felt we'd wrap the game up but again uh, we made a mistake in dropping our guards and BFC rightfully punished us for it again a great learning for us to take back knowing that this is something that we can't do because in ISL there are teams that are going to be tougher and harder and therefore they are going to do the same to you as well so it's a good learning for us um, and then obviously extra time I think was a little bit more about just ensuring that I either of the teams kept control of the game because it's just making sure that you didn't leave any spaces behind for the opposition. And the penalties, I think it was a bit of a lottery. Um, though I must say that we were slightly confident about our chances of the penalty shootout. Quite simply because Naveen does have a history of um, saving penalties and has come up clutch in um, games for us before as well, including semi-final last season when he stopped three penalties despite coming on as a sub uh, basically in the 120th minute. Right. Now now that you've guys got the trophy and you're back home, it's a happy tournament. Uh, it was a, Most of them looked at, you know, there was like two sides to it. Like everyone looked at one, they, the one side was that, you know, they were looking at this as a pre-season tournament or a pre-season games. Nobody really took, um, some of them didn't take it too seriously saying, okay, we just field our young boys, let them get some time. But at the same time, you guys took that as a challenge to give some more game time for the senior team right before the ISL could begin. And I feel uh, if I'm not wrong, FC Goa would be the only team that has played some more matches than the other teams uh, while you guys were playing in the ACL and with this tournament and going ahead. But to ask you, do you think the organizing bit can be different? Because just like you mentioned post the tournament that it this tournament has a rich history. and uh, But with things that how it went by on the ground, it doesn't look as much as it should have been. Uh, so what do you have to say? Do you think there were also talks on Twitter by some of the fans that maybe it should be marketed well? One is that second is probably take it outside Calcutta rather than keeping uh, it within the Calcutta. I mean, to decide on where the location the tournament is, I think I'll leave that in the hands of the Durand Cups organizing committee. I think they're best served to understand. Uh, even I tried to read up a little bit in terms of why Calcutta was the chosen location. I believe that the head of the armed forces decided that that was the best location for them to revive the rich history that the tournament has previously had, of course. And the only way that's going to happen is if you have play in front of a fervent crowd like the one that Calcutta boasts. Right? So therefore, I can completely understand the rationale behind that. And I do believe that this season obviously was a little difficult because the monsoons continued into a month where it was not expected to continue into. Therefore, that played a little bit of havoc. Uh, but again, um, fully justified. Uh, love playing uh, in Calcutta quite simply because in the la- in the final we saw what the potential that city holds for football, right? And uh, there's no taking it away that that is the motherbed of footballing in uh, in India, right? So I definitely would think and support um, Calcutta continuing to host the Durand Cup, and I do believe it's locked in there for another five years anyway. So there's not much we can do about it. But if ever there's an opportunity for Goa to host it, I'm pretty sure they would welcome it with the open arms out here as well. And with regards to sort of the organization of the tournament and everything, I think Durand Cup, given the history that it has, um, being the oldest uh, existing tournament in Asian football and the third oldest across the world, um, I think it deserves a firm place in the Indian footballing calendar that should be earmarked um, just like the I-League and the ISL are. And, you know, and every team, then it's up to each one and their own prerogative to decide whether they want to participate or not. But I do believe that it deserves and has to have its place in the Indian footballing calendar either as a prelude to the season that comes or perhaps post the season as well. Um, But I do believe it needs to be there for sure. Uh, Because, I mean, if you look at the history of Indian football as well, right, the great players that we've identified with growing up, etc., perhaps even players of an older generation than the ones that are currently in existence, they always speak about the Durand Cup in such a high esteem and manner 
that it is without a doubt a big motivation for players to try and win that tournament. Um, even within our team as well, we had some players like like so Blandon, Glan, etc., who'd seen the likes of Salgaukar, Dempo win this tournament growing up. So for them, it was a big motivation to try and bring a tournament and a trophy home like this. So I definitely do believe that the Durand Cup should be given a lot more um, space and prestige in terms of opportunity for it to grow. And I do believe that Indian football will take and embrace this tournament more than anything else, just because it um, highlights and uh, identifies the legacy of Indian football, I think, more than any other tournament can at this current point in time. Right. Now, Marcus wrote a story that, you know, where he shared about the fact that how you made a trip to Kalyani early morning and which kind of helped you guys go ahead and decide to play the rest of the games in Durand Cup. Uh, while you were taking that trip early morning at 5 a.m., uh, what was in your mind? Like, did, were you like in, in thoughts that, okay, we, the ground should be good so that we want to play? Or is you, you were you were clear cut in, in the sense that okay if it's bad then we are not playing if it's good that's the only way we are going ahead with it. Yeah, I mean to be completely honest, right? From my personal perspective, the reason we had gone to this tournament was to win it, um, and I think the players and the coaching staff shared that perspective as well that we were there to try and win that tournament. So we did want to play. Of course, we wanted to play, but at the same time there was concern expressed regarding the condition of the ground. There are players who are going to go up to national team duty. There's players who have contracts that might finish at the end of the year. So, you know, everybody's looking from their personal perspective as well before contributing to the collective perspective. So everybody had their little personal reservations, which we've obviously tried to respect because that is the crux of the football club, right? Yes, they're professional footballers. They have to do a job, but they're also humans. And this is basically their employment, right? So we tried to keep all of that in the balance, take all those factors into account. But again, the organizers were very helpful. They were very understanding of our situation. And they made a request saying, just come and have a look. Um, no strings attached. If you feel that you guys want to play, so be it. If you feel like you don't want to play, so be it as well. And given that they had given us that due respect to allow us to come and inspect the ground even before the game, which is normally not the case where the match commission is the one who has the final say on it, we decided to take that opportunity up and, you know, I just did my job of just going in there and having a look at the conditions and assessing it. And I felt that we owed it to ourselves to field the team uh, because I personally did not find it as terrible as I expected it to be or as I heard it to be. And at that point in time, I felt it necessary that the team also uh, has is communicated uh, the same thing as well. And they took a decision that, you know what, we'll take your word for it and we'll come and play that tournament. And I'm, and I'm glad we did because it showed us again an opportunity to unite as a team and basically go up against the conditions, the elements, whatever it was uh, that we had to go up against and deliver a good performance, which showed that we can cut out the white noise when we need to and focus on the task at hand. Yeah, and the rest they say is history, right? I mean, congratulations on a bloody good tournament that you guys had and looking forward to what's more for FC Goa to offer in the upcoming season. Well, can we get an update on Ortiz's injury? How is how is he coming up with the rehab and post-recovery? Yeah, Jorge is doing well. The question you've asked is a million-dollar question, so I hope the check will be in my account tomorrow morning because all the journalists have been asking me, saying, you know, how is Jorge doing? How is Jorge doing? And not just the journalists as well. I think a lot of the fans have been asking the same question as well. But um, to sort of give it to you exclusively here, He's doing well. He's kept himself in high spirits, which is the most important thing because it is an injury that was uh, unexpected. At perf- to be honest, it was at the perfectly wrong time uh, just because he just joined the team. He was motivated and he's ready to go and so forth. But um, in another week, uh, week and a half or so, his cast is going to come off and then um, he should be ready in time for the first game of the ISL season. So 
he will be a little bit behind the team in terms of gelling with the team but given that he has experience of playing in this league uh, in this league and with his teammates um we don't feel like it is going to be a completely new process of integration into the team it's just about him recovering his physical fitness um and we know the quality a player of Jorge's uh, ilk brings so we're not too worried about you know when and how quickly he will be on we just feel that giving him the uh, freedom to just recover as well as he can will allow us to ensure that he's available for the first game for myself well that's a good news definitely for the fans and for everyone looking forward to seeing him in action for fc goa now let's go back a little more you know backwards in in time especially the start of the year uh, where post the isl that you guys played in the asian champions league and everyone was looking forward to seeing fc goa because one the team is admired by everyone since since its inception and uh, things being done right in a lot of things on and off the pitch so can you tell us how was the acl tournament because it was nothing less than a proud moment for each and every indian football fan i would say because you guys were in a group of death and against some really top clubs in the asian football scene and i think the last i mean the highest number of goals you guys conceded were four it was a four nil game that you know you lost against persepolis but you all still had three draws two draws against alrayan if i'm not wrong and Tell us, take us through all of that because I'm sure the boys were pumped up. You guys, as management, was pumped up to play in this tournament, and you all literally, you know, came out with flying colors, beyond exceeded beyond all our expectations. So, if you can take us through that journey, please. Let me go back a little bit further before that. Um, I think it was in January uh, when we first basically got that feeling, and it really dawned upon us that we're going to be playing in a tournament of this magnitude and level. when the draw was made i be, i remember we were all in the isl bubble and the names that were being pulled out um i remember i had my head in my hands when the name persepolis came out and you know players were like oh they were celebrating i was like i don't think you guys realize the consequence of this um this is a team that's been in four finals in the past six editions um and they are basically the cream of the crop when it comes to asian footballing standards and the iranian national team is littered with stars from persepolis right so it is the very best that you can get in asian football that we're going to be lining up against it might not have the storied manager like shavi because that's what everybody wanted they want to play alsad etc and so forth but i think persepolis was a huge test for us um, and it was a good experience for us to understand what they were like etc and so forth and then obviously we continued to focus on the isl and so forth and i think it was only when the teams arrived into town and we had our real first press conference in the pre match etc when we realize the magnitude of the tournament just the entire atmosphere around the tournament right the organization the attention to detail uh, the playing conditions the way the opposition is mentalized in terms of you know how they prepare themselves how they approach the tournament what they say how they say how they train etc and everything it was a good understanding for us to notice what it is like to compete at the top level of asian football consistently all throughout the time right I remember the first match, and the matches were being played quite late. I remember our kickoffs were at ten thirty for a majority. I think only two games we had the uh, option of playing at eight o'clock. So we were seeing the other games happen before ours, and you know we were just trying to gauge the opponents and understand. We felt like, oh, you know, the game is actually a little slower than we imagined, and so forth. And then once you get on the pitch, you're like, actually, no, it's not. It's just as it's as fast as we expected it to be. The rhythm of the game is uh, unrelenting. The opposition just attack in wave after wave, and so forth. Right. So. I think in the first game we approached it with a sense of caution, a little bit of fear, if I'm being very honest. 
I mean, the people that were lining up against us were players who had consistently played in the Champions League. They were captains for their teams. You know, right up there. Some of the very best players in, in Asian football were lining up against us. They had a very experienced manager, Laurent Blanc as well, whose previous job was PSG, no less. That game, I think we approached with a little bit of caution. We had one or two chances, I think. Um, there was a ball that went into the box, which the referee didn't deem to be a handball. And, you know, we settled for the draw, which at that point in time felt like a big victory for us. In the second game, I thought we were a little bit more expansive with our football, a little bit more braver. And I think that showed in terms of the chances that we created. Um, I think it was a tit-for-tat game where we gave as good as we got. And then in the third game against Persepolis, we were really shown what Asian top-level footballing can do. Of course, we scored the goal, which was a moment of history within itself. But within seven minutes, they showed us what they can do if they turn up the gears and go right up to five. I think we then regrouped a little bit and, you know, we tried to basically keep them at bay and the game finished 2-1. Uh, and the next game is when we had to take a strategic call, right? We were playing in abnormal conditions because there was six games to be played within a span of 16 days, which is very taxing for a footballer. And given that we don't have the riches that the rest of these squads had in terms of depth, uh, we had to take a call. You know, we either rest some players because some of them were on the verge of getting suspended or they were physically tired and they were not able to sort of, you know, consistently compete at that level for 90 minutes with ultimate sort of attention to details and movements, etc. and everything. And obviously, the level of the competition was high, so it was physically taxing for the boys as well. Um, so that was the game where we said, you know what, we're going to take a little bit of a uh, approach where we're going to perhaps sacrifice that game. Um, and if you look at the lineup as well, in that game, there was a lot of players who actually... Uh, enlightened us to what their skills were. I mean, the likes of Leander, who came on, who had, I think, played no more than 90 minutes in all of ISL, was thrust into the limelight against Persepolis. Centre-back pairing, who was not regular in uh, Iban, etc., were also thrust into that game. And sure, the scoreline was a little uh, on the higher side. Um, losing a game 4-0 is never flattering. And obviously, the morale was a little bit low. But I do feel like the boys who were on the pitch did their reputation no harm because you were effectively playing against the strongest team in Asian football uh, at that point in time. And then we knew as soon as we finished that game that we have two games. And to be completely honest with you, Siju, the intention was to try and take all six points. Um, and when we played with Al Ryan, we played with the belief that we do have a team that can take three points off them. And we scored very early. I think a little too early for our liking uh, because Ortiz scored in minute four and then we knew that the other team would turn up the heat a little bit. And despite that, I said I thought we did remarkably well to keep them quiet. And then one lapse in concentration, one individual error in judgment allowed them to score a goal in the 89th and 90th minute. Um, and obviously, that broke our hearts. Um, and then to go into the final game, where we, again, we felt like we could have a chance uh, in terms of, you know, getting a result again to try and just get that one win on board at least to sort of, you know, get India off the mark at the ACL level was again watered a little bit over by the fact that the Pandemic had such a huge impact that at that point, uh, foreigners either had to be stationed in India for another two, three months because the country was going into effective lockdown or we had to let them go home. Uh, and we took the humanitarian decision to allow them to go home because they had already been away from their families uh, for the best part of six, seven months. They'd been living inside bio bubbles and I've lived in one myself, so I know how much fatigue there can be towards that from a mental perspective. And we felt that it was best that they go home to be with their families and come back recharged um, whenever that would have been the case. And we said, you know what, if we can uh, play Persepolis with an all-Indian lineup, why can't we do the same for Alvada? And I thought we did well as well. Even there, I think we only conceded in the 70th minute and the second one was just to wrap the game up in the 92nd, 93rd minute. So the scoreline may read 2-0, but I thought the game was a lot closer than that. And 
you could see the relief on the players of Alvada when they scored the first goal. And I don't think we were cognizant of what we had achieved at that point in time because, you know, everybody wants to win games and that's what people look at. And, you know, we wanted to finish higher up the table. And our ambition as the matches progressed grew. And therefore, there was that sense of disappointment that perhaps we didn't achieve all we wanted to. But if you look at the Asian Champions League right now in its current stage, it is obviously divided into the West and the uh, East side. And in the West side, there's four teams left. From the four teams, the two teams that qualified from our group make up two of the semi-finalists. So again, that is the magnitude of the teams that we're playing against. And, you know, I am, to be very, very honest, very privileged and delighted that I had an opportunity to represent FC Goa and be a part of a dressing room that had those players and that level of motivation because now it has dawned upon us how well we did in that tournament. Because we didn't expect to do what we did at that point in time. Before the tournament began, if you offered me three points, I would have taken it all day long. After the tournament finished, I would have said, I do think that we deserved a little bit more. But now taking into account everything that is around us and given a little bit more context, I think we can say that we, we can be proud of what we did. Um, and what it has done is that it's left that lingering ambition with the rest of the team and the boys who had an experience of that tournament last season that we want to go back there as soon as possible again. So... If you ask any FC Goa player right now, what is your ambition? It's not the Durand Cup or the ISL, etc. The primary ambition is to get into the Asian Champions League again. They want to play there again. And that is what is driving these guys. That is where we want to be again. I think I'm sure we all are looking forward to that particular moment and time, right? Uh, talking about Coach Juan. Now, it just feels, I mean, he's just a season old with the club, but it feels like he's been there for a very long time. And I think that's because we've seen him in action. There are games happening and he's also pretty uh, vocal and a friendly guy to talk to. Uh, but tell us, it, it looks everything right with in the sense that what you guys were looking at and it's a right alignment, you know, with what Juan has brought in. So tell us a bit more about how things go behind the scenes with the coach, with the players and how do you guys see him, you know, being there for a long term because... It's like I said, it looks very much in alignment for what he's bringing to the table and what you guys are offering to all of us as well. Yeah, I, I mean, for everything that you've described there, I think a lot of the credit has to go to the owners for the clear vision that they've set out for the club in terms of what they want us to do. Uh, then as management, uh, with their oversight, we try and implement it to the best of our ability. And that is where the clear thinking and thought process comes in where we know exactly what we want to get from in a coach, right? And I think that's what Juan has sort of been able to do for us. We knew at uh, last season uh, when we were in the process of recruiting a head coach exactly what we wanted from a coach. And that allowed us to zero in on the head coach pretty quickly and, you know, allowed us to set a base and a foundation for us to work with. We knew we were not at level zero where we had to up, basically uproot our entire foundations of how we wanted to function as a club. Therefore, it was just about ensuring that the right fit came in and what the team needed at that point in time, right? So we knew tactically we were playing a certain brand of football and we wanted to just basically make a few tweaks and we felt that Juan was the person that was best suited to do that, right? Just take our tactical element of the game, maybe one step higher, tighten the screws a little bit in a few areas and importantly, focus on developing the younger players as well and giving them a platform. When we spoke to Juan, he obviously, you know, echoed all of that in his thinking and his philosophy of how the game should be played and how the squad should be, etc. and so forth as well, and showed a real willingness to work with the youth. Keeping that in mind, obviously, we hired him. And I do believe that he's been a very accommodating coach in terms of the way he treats the players, in terms of, you know, he is genuinely a very good training ground coach where his sole motivation is to try and improve the players that he has inherited into something better than what they already are. And I think that's the greatest quality a coach can have. And obviously, 
the one thing that I have to identify is that Juan is a very selfless guy where he's always tried to put the needs of the others above his own. And he's always looked at collective success rather than individual success. And he genuinely has a passion for developing players. And I think that reflects in the amount of players that have played uh, under Juan and the amount of debuts that have been given. And I think more importantly, it'll reflect in the improvement that players have made from what they were when he first joined the club. Your quick thoughts on Nemil, who's who was like the talk of the town during the entire season of Durant Cup, and just want to ask: Would we see this young man even perform the same way he did? I mean, would he be in the first team, likely to continue in the first team in ISL as well? Yeah, of course. I think this is what everybody's looking forward to seeing. Um, you know how Nemil goes, etc., and so forth. Um, Nemil will definitely be a part of the first team in ISL. I think he's earned that right to do so. He's been one of the standout players in the Durand Cup and was a breath of fresh air in terms of giving an attacking impetus to the team where sometimes, you know, we felt a little bit locked in in terms of chance creation and finishing. And you can see the obvious talent on the ball. He's a very polished footballer with some fine decision-making skills. But again, um, I do not want to burden Nemil uh, with the responsibility that has been burdened upon Indian footballers in the past where too soon, uh, too much is expected of them. Um, so I would request everybody who's listening to this podcast and the general Indian footballing population as well to not put too much pressure on the boy where he feels like he has to deliver a goal game in game out because let's just remember that he is still 19 he is learning the ropes he's learning a system which is quite complex in terms of what we expect the players to do there are facets of his game that he can improve upon so let's not put too much pressure on Nemil because I have personally seen players in the past get carried away with the entire hype that surrounds them and you know they're then it becomes a point of them focusing on their off-field and social media platforms rather than what they're actually doing on the field. Thankfully, Nemil does come from a very sensible background where, you know, his feet are firmly on the ground as of now. But again, let's give the player the time that he needs to. And I assure you that if he's given the time he needs to to excel and not too much is placed on him and he's not constantly hounded on social media and through the media, etc., he will fulfill his potential and he will be a standout player who will make the national team. Absolutely. I think that's the right messaging. I think not just in terms with respect to Nemil, but everyone out there, because we are all very quick to get to the bandwagon of getting everyone. We're all excited bunch of people and we get that. We rub that off on a young player. Uh, but definitely looking forward to what he and many other youngsters that you guys have in store, you know, in action. Talking about the foreign set of players, now you already made a stance. We've read particular a lot of articles that you mentioned where it the reason why you went ahead and when the reshuffling happened, we have teams that, you know, that can spend the endless amount of N number of money and get in a great strength and go and go win for the trophies. We've seen that, whether it's ATK and Mumbai City, for example. But you guys stuck to your philosophy and went in and did a smart decision. You, you Basically, you, you guys played smart instead of, you know, spending big, which you didn't have anyway. But talking about, you mentioned in one of your interviews, I think in first post, and uh, where you mentioned that how when you speak to foreign players, you they one of the key criteria that they come in is financially attractive. How ISL is financially attractive. Now, my question is, have there ever been a conversation with a player where who comes from outside India, where the criteria is not just the financial attractive bit, uh, but also the fact that we are less in number of games. We don't offer an entire season of calendar, right? We have more off-season than the actual season. So has there been some conversations where the players have asked, oh, you guys just play so many games and what, what next? What's after that? Just want to know your thoughts about it. 
Um, yeah, I mean, conversations have ranged from all sorts um, to the point which you've uh, made in terms of, you know, the number of games that are being played. I think it's sometimes worked in a positive manner and sometimes in a negative manner as well. Why it's worked in a positive manner is quite simple. The player sees that, okay, there's only 20 games that I have to play, whereas, say, uh, in a top division in England or Spain or France, etc., I'm going to play at least 30-odd games, right? For, so, for them, the quantum of work is lower, but the salary against that is quite high, right? Uh, so for them, that's like an obvious attraction saying, you know what, basically I have to do less work for more money. And I think any person in the world, if you offer that option to them, will take it. Not committing their commitment to the club, what they will do for those 20 games will 120%, I'm sure, no doubt. But obviously the quantum of work is lower, which means they get to spend greater time with their families, etc. and so forth and be at home a lot more. And it sometimes works negatively as well because there are certain players who are not at the finishing end of their career where they do feel like they have a lot more lot more room to develop and grow and want to move a lot further ahead. And they felt like perhaps joining this league is a little premature for them at that point in their career because they do not feel that the number of games will aid their cause, whether it be for their personal development or also sometimes for the national team chances. And this includes foreigners as well. You know, foreigners that I've spoken to across Asian countries have said no to us despite perhaps us doubling their salary uh, quite simply because they feel like it might hurt their national team um, prospects. Right. Now, talking a bit about off-the-pitch off the plans that you guys have. Now, women's football has been the topic of discussion, unfortunately, for not-so-good things in terms of Indian football is considered. But we look forward to something good that is that we're going to host the Asian Cup uh, very soon. And... You know, FC Goa has also has a senior team, the women's team that's currently playing. Uh, but what are the plans for the future, like the long term? Do you guys have a youth setup, and do you want to see that developing? Because we've seen clubs now, BFC coming in and opening up trials for the young ones. That's where they'll be, you know, uh, scouting players and then building the team from there to field in the senior team division. So, if you can tell us more about FC Goa's plans in terms of respect to women's football. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a very, very important um, facet of what we want to do. Um, but obviously, there are some challenges which I will now elaborate upon. Um, so, yes, we do have a women's team. We do also train uh, girls in our grassroots division between the ages of 5 and 12. And there's a simple reason for these two, right? Why the women's team exists at the level that it does and why the uh, grassroots and why there's nothing in between. It's quite simply because we're able to provide game time to them, right? Um, there is an organized competition where... We can have the women's team playing right now in the Vedanta League that is being organized. And at the grassroots level, we are ourselves in our Little Gauz League, uh, which is an iteration of the Baby League's concept. Uh, we're able to give opportunities for young girls to play. Unfortunately, at this point in time, the Goan footballing ecosystem is not very ripe for women football. And we're trying to change that. And at one point, actually, we sat out in protest one particular season. And we're hoping that there is more in interest generated because... We've heard this big narrative about India making the World Cup, etc. and everything. And if you're very honest, right now, the team that is more likely to make the World Cup uh, in football is the women's team, not the men's team. The men's team is way behind in the rankings. And the women's team has actually made great leaps and bounds and is actually able to compete. So, who's closer to that team as of, as of this point in time when we're speaking? It's the women's team. So, why not grab that opportunity and make the World Cup with the women's team as well? But obviously, that will take a lot of work and a lot of intent behind it and that starts at the very base level as well right from the grassroots in the different states across the country all the way up to organizing structured tournaments at the age group level and then culminating in something like the respective state leagues and then qualification for the um, IWL and now even the AFC has now 
decided to put a continental tournament across right so given that these opportunities are cropping up i think india if it does make an effort towards women football we could be pushing for a world cup spot a lot more faster there than we could in the men's men's section right now looking forward to what's coming up is definitely the isl that's you know the whole everyone's gearing up for i'm sure fc goa is looking forward to because the i think the as of now the trophy cabinet lacks is an isl trophy because you guys have the super cup you guys have the shield then you guys have the durand cup all prestigious tournaments that one i mean we have we can go on and for go on and on talking about whether to consider super cup prestigious or not but anyway but what do you guys see in this upcoming season isl trophy will that be in the fc goa's cabinet i think i'll be best placed to answer you, you on march 23rd uh, uh but uh, no definitely i mean the intention is to push ourselves as much and as hard as possible we're going to try and stretch our limits to try and not just uh win the isl trophy but we do want to finish first again like i mentioned our uh, lingering ambition continues to go back to go and play in the champions league once again so that is going to be our first objective and then after that if we've made it to the semi final stage and we're in the playoffs then we will obviously focus on the next objective but for now the primary one is to try and finish top of the table once again there are going to be some very strong contenders um, i believe this season will be the most competitive that it has ever been in the isl it's only prudent that every year teams are getting smarter than they were the previous season teams are getting stronger and stronger so it's going to be a great challenge for us and it's a good learning for all of our indian players as well because it's challenging them to be more and more professional towards their team and themselves as well on a day to day basis which is only good for indian football right you're just pushing the limits of what one can achieve and that can only stand players in good stead so for us as well again mentally we've programmed ourselves to think that we want to challenge for the very top and um, that is what we're aiming for and then if we make the playoffs and we're in a position to try and win the trophy we will definitely put everything behind it try and do the same in that direction as well anything more that you can tell us about the squad for the upcoming season any bits that any players that we need to keep an eye on apart from the ones that we saw in durand cup but overall i think you see you guys have had the opportunity to see a vast majority of our players i think in the durand cup we handed out debuts to about nine players from players who have either been signed or promoted from the reserve team or who have been brought in who are out on loan at various clubs etc the likes of ritik papuya nemil danston bryson i think they all had a part to play in some measure or the other um devendra of course was another player who was a breath of fresh air i thought leander was an excellent understudy for seriton who did not have a lot of minutes under his belt during the durand cup because of national team commitments or others so i do f- believe that there's a lot of players i do believe that's allowed us to get a significant amount of squad depth and i do believe that it will stand us in good stead going into the tournament can we spring any more surprises in the isl squad to be honest i think that will be a little difficult because the window is now closed um but we are hoping that all of these guys will gel together and work to, uh, together a little bit better than we did last season and obviously that's our aim to try and improve game upon game and try and iron out as many issues that we may have as possible to try and put together a solid consistent set of results Finally, to conclude, what's the message that you would like to give to all the girls who I'm hoping and assuming are listening will listen to the show and are tuned into the show? Ah, just one very simple message. To be honest, I don't think we've ever not realized how fortunate we are that the support that we've had here has been incredible in Goa. The team has backed us in all the good moments, which I think is the easy thing to do. But importantly, a lot of the fans have backed us in all the tough moments as well. 
they've trusted us to do our job and um you know hopefully we've uh, made them proud and our intention every day that we sort of step onto the footballing pitch or we come into the offices is to try and make them more and more proud of this team so continue to back them there are bound to be difficult phases uh, as is the case in most things in life uh, we just need you guys to continue to push the team because honestly last season for us it was a huge motivation to be able to drive up to venues and see whether it was one person five person 50 people who were just standing there with an fc goa jersey welcoming the team into the stadium despite us knowing very well that they were not going to be allowed to come inside and for them to make that journey for an hour and an hour back just to be able to get a glimpse of their players and even that too from a distance uh, meant the world to us because it showed that these people care and for us they are our greatest motivation when it comes to trying delivering um, silverware Now to make a final statement from my end before the end of the show is that in the same interview that I was mentioning about earlier uh the one that you gave the first post you mentioned to say that you know how this FC Goa club is an admirable club everyone looks up to it or loves the club for a lot of right reasons but you the management has made it clear that this club should also be a club that's winning trophies so I wish nothing but the best for you now I have personal biases towards FC Goa as well I love this club for all the right reasons but like Ravi you said in that article that you know I hope and wish that this club gets more success not just in Indian football but also in Asian football as well thank you so much for joining me on the totally Indian football show and sparing your time and giving us all these inputs and I hope a couple of years down the years uh, when we meet again on the show We, the trophy cabinet will be filled with some more trophies. Thanks, Sichu. Um, it's been a pleasure. And hopefully your words do come true and we're sitting with a lot more trophies to speak uh, of by the time we next chat. Well, thank you so much, Ravi, once again. Thank you to all our listeners who've tuned into the Totally Indian Football Show. I'm your host, signing off. And you know what you have to do. Please follow and subscribe to our show on all the audio platforms that's available. I hope you enjoyed the show. keep coming to us and we'll be uh, coming with more such interesting episodes thank you very much